Good morning and welcome to Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Broffel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. Today in our studio, we are visiting with Linda Conroy, owner of Moonwise Herbs out of Stoughton, Wisconsin. Linda is a practicing herbalist who provides herbal education, workshops, and apprenticeships, as well as individual consultations and her herb store. Linda is a community organizer and the founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. Welcome back to the show, Linda. We are so excited to welcome you. Thank you, Candy. I'm happy to be here. To get us started, you are always such a wealth of information for us. You were with us last fall, and you were sharing with us information about mushrooms. And so today we asked you to come back and uh, share with us some information about herbs. And in particular, because 2020 has been 2020 and now coming into 2021 has been such a difficult time for so many people, has added so much stress and a prolonged sense of stress for people. Um, We thought that we would ask you to come back and share with us maybe some information you can help us with uh, regarding herbs and how we might use that for our our health and wellness. Sure, absolutely. I appreciate um, the focus on the topic. It's something I um, try to keep in mind myself as we're dealing with so much stress and um, stress and anxiety and even nightmares. I've been hearing people telling me they're having nightmares. So, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of disturbance and herbs are so beautiful at helping with this kind of thing. They so many herbs that can help us calm and relax and, um, you know, to kind of take it, take a little time out. You know? So, and there's many ways to administer those herbs, which is kind of fun too. You can drink a tea, you can make a tincture, you can put herbs in your bath. Um, I'm a big fan of taking foot baths. So that's a, a really um, fun way to relax and, and um, incorporate herbs. And one herb that I um, often, when I teach in person and I have groups of people, I'll say to everybody, how many of you have either a chamomile tea bag or a can or, or a carton of chamomile in your cupboard somewhere in your kitchen. And I do. <laughs> yes. And, see, and this is what happens. I would say 98% of the people in the room raise their hand. So I think it's a good place to start because it's so accessible. And chamomile is certainly one of our best relaxing, calming herbs that we can incorporate in whether it be that we drink a tea or like I said we can put it in our bath Um, and when you put an herb in your bath you'll get a lot more benefit and more effect if you actually make a tea and pour the tea in your bath rather than just you know, throw herb in there. Plus it's less messy. (laughs) (laughs) Less to clean up afterward. (laughs) But who wants to relax and then clean up herbs? It creates stress. (laughs) So, uh, So, you know, make a really big container of tea and actually pour the tea in your bath. And that's just lovely. And chamomile makes a great foot bath. Um, it's a nervine, so it affects the nervous system. 
And through our feet, we can affect our nervous system immediately. It's just such a nice way. So you could do your foot bath while you're drinking your chamomile tea and just really just calm. And even for the people who don't actually have a chamomile tea bag in their kitchen or pantry, which, you know, we would say probably 98% of the people do, it is so easy to go to the store and get some chamomile at any store, even conventional stores are, are going to have chamomile tea bags on their shelves. So I keep talking about how accessible this herb is and how important that is. It also, um, a lot of people don't realize that chamomile is um, helps with an upset stomach and helps to calm digestion. So it's a bit, it's a little bitter mm. on the in the background. It can taste sweet initially, but if you let it steep for a while, it gets a little bitter. And that bitter really helps to um, support digestion and calm digestion. So, and that sometimes comes with anxiety and stress is kind of, you know, an unsettled stomach. Right. So, so you can see this herb is so useful and accessible. So that's why I wanted to emphasize it in the it, for the beginning part of this conversation. And then just, I'm doing a couple of programs next week on growing herbs. Everybody's starting to think about, you know, spring and ordering plants and seeds. And so chamomile would be one that's really easy to grow. It's an aster. It's, you know, you can just throw some seeds down or get some starts. And um, it's super easy um, to grow. So, you know, I'm not only thinking about, you know, buying or purchasing or having, but you could also grow it if, if you were inspired to do that. So let me ask you something. When it comes to growing chamomile, what is the, where is the best place to do that? Are you, are you looking in ground? Are you looking in a pot? Can you do it indoors? Well, it likes the sun. So you want some, somewhere sunny. You could grow it in a pot if you wanted to inside. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get very much (laughs) because it's a sprawling plant and you need a lot of it to get very much because the flowers are really tiny. So you need, you need a lot of it. So you can grow it in on the ground in raised beds in, you know, mounds. Um, you could grow it in a, in a box. Um, you know, if you have a window box or, or, planter box. And if you just want to grow a little bit of it, like some herbs, if I'm not growing lots of it, I like to grow it, just have a relationship with the plant. And then I might still purchase some because, you know, we can't grow everything. And, and you would need a lot of space to grow a lot of it. So that's just something. And so Uh, with chamomile, are you only using the flower? Right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. It wouldn't hurt to add the leaves, but you're mainly using the flowers. And then for any of your listeners who are foragers, because we, you know, have a lot of people who like to go out and forage, we actually have a um, species of, uh, it's the same genus as chamomile, but different species. And the common name for the plant is pineapple weed. And it works, it's just as effective, same results, and you can wild forage that plant. It looks a little different than chamomile in that it doesn't have the ray flowers or petals. It just has the center disc flower, but it's, and it smells a little bit like pineapple, which is one of the reasons they call it pineapple weed, (laughs) but it's in the same genus and it has that same calming effect so it's kind of fun to know we have this wild plant so that might be more appealing to some people is to to go and forage for the wild plant oh that's a great great tip and I imagine that that too is found in more sunny areas yes it likes sunny 
sunny areas. And unfortunately, it really likes gravel for some reason. <laughs> Sometimes you find it in places you don't want to harvest it because it may be, you know, in a parking lot or something like that. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it likes other places too. But yeah, it likes the sun. Yeah, absolutely. So I had one more question about chamomile before we move on. So when you're looking at it for in your bath and you're you're just using regular chamomile tea bags to make mm-hmm. the tea, mm-hmm. how much would you recommend that people use and how long should they let it steep? Yeah, so for the bath, I would make it really strong. So you could, you know, and I would take, it depends on how much you want in your bath, either a quart or a half gallon jar or pot or something like that. And for a quart, I would probably put like four tea bags in there and let it steep um, for an hour, two hours, like do it ahead of time and prepare it. And you could, you could even make that up days ahead of time. And just throw it in the fridge and then pull it out and warm it up and put it in your bath. So it won't spoil if you make it up ahead of time either. So Oh, and I suppose the longer it sits too, the more strong it'll get. And if you leave the bags in there, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can strain it too, either way. And I tend to work with loose herbs. So, you know, I would be utilizing loose herbs and then I would have to strain the herb out. But tea bags, you know, that's fine. Um, if you want to use, if that's what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So what is another, um, tip that you have for stress? And we're going to, we're going to be going into a break here in a little bit, but at least we could get started. Yeah. So chamomile, I want to mention chamomile fits into a category of herbs called nervines. And so it affects the nervous system and calms. So there's a whole bunch of different nervines that we can utilize. So two categories of herbs that I like to talk about when we're talking about stress or nervines. So we can talk a little bit about those. And then we can talk about a category called adaptogens, which help our bodies adapt to stress. So just a quick mention, another herb that people could grow that would be really easy and tasty and pretty um, easy to access would be an herb called lemon balm. And I love lemon balm. Oh, me too. I mean, just smelling it is relaxing. It's beautiful. Yes. (laughs) And and the botanical name of that plant is Melissa. So I I feel like I have like, like about a first name basis with her. I call call her Melissa (laughs) when I see her in the garden. I'm like, hi, Melissa. And of course, that's a mint. So that, you know, it's in the mint family. So it's very easy to grow. It spreads and it moves around the garden to find its place. But you can make a tea with that. You can do all the things that I mentioned with chamomile. You could also do with um, lemon balm. And so, you know, foot baths, tea. Um, you know, it's nice, like if you're getting ready for bed, um, lemon balm would be a really nice tea to drink as you're winding down. And it just creates this incredible sense of calm um, around. And, you know, with smelling it, you could put it in a pot on, I have a wood stove, so I put it on my wood stove, but even on your stove and just boil it and let it um, emit into the air for the coming. Oh, and it's so beautiful. I love that. So for people who want to learn more about what Linda does, visit moonwiseherbs.com. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. 
Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brockle, and we are visiting with Linda Conroy, owner of Moonwise Herbs in Stoughton, Wisconsin, and founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. So, Linda, we're so glad you're with us today. And uh, just before the break, you were starting to tell us about a class of herbs called Nervines, which Mm -hmm. can help with stress, and especially the stress that we've been under all over the last year or so, (laughs) kind of that prolonged uh, sense of stress. Yes. So we started off talking about chamomile and then lemon balm, but you had a couple of other herbs uh, to share with us as well. Right. So I want to um, talk about a nervine that's actually um, basically a tonic. I think this is this is one I've been talking to people a lot about this year, and I've gotten a lot of good reports back from people that it has been really supportive. And that would be an herb called oat straw. And oat straw is just the dried oats so <laughs> that we make into a strong infusion and drink it. And it's a nourishing nervine and it's basically tonifying or strengthening to the nervous system. So basically what it does, it helps the nervous system be more flexible and be more adaptable. And certainly, you know, we've all had to be more adaptable in ways we probably a year ago couldn't <laughs> even imagine. Exactly. <laughs> So drinking this seems to be really, really helpful. And I've always drunk it for this reason, but even, you know, have amped up my intake of it and have encouraged other people to do that as well. And even a couple of my apprentice students reported back to me that they, I had mentioned, I think during the break that I had been hearing from a lot of people that they're having nightmares mm-hmm. and that's understandable trying to process what's happening. It's, it's hard to assimilate it all. And, you know, so it makes sense. But a couple of my students started drinking oat straw every day and told me that it actually diminished or eliminated their nightmares. So, oh. And, and where do you a, find Oat Strong? So you can buy it at any apothecary or a lot of different health food stores. Um, then you can also order it online from different herb companies and apothecaries. And of course, my favorite thing to say to people is you could grow it if you want to, because it's a grass and it's super easy to grow. So um, you just, you know, prep a bed and throw the seed down. Make sure you cover it so the birds don't get to it because the birds like the seed. So I always cover it while it's sprouting. And then, um, you know, you harvest it when the seeds are green, actually. So if we were going to harvest oats for rolled oats, we were waiting until the seeds are mature. But for our purposes, we harvest this um, herb when the seed is green and we harvest all the aerial parts, the top parts, and dry it. And then we utilize that for teas or really, I like an infusion of this and the difference like lemon balm, what we talked about earlier in chamomile are great made as a typical tea. We think of one teaspoon of herb to every cup of water and that's your tea. But with an infusion with a nourishing nervine, we actually use more plant material, longer steep. So we do an ounce of herb 
and we pour boiling water on top of that and it's an ounce of herb to every quart of water. And so it's a lot of plant material because we're looking to nourish and tonify, not just calm. And not to say oats aren't calming, they certainly are, but they're more, I always call them like an energizing calm. So it's not necessarily, um, it just it just helps you feel more grounded and it's fortifying to the body and the nervous system and helps the nervous system, like I said, be more flexible and adaptable. Now, some people will take the um, green tops and will tincture them and put them in alcohol and take it as a medicine. And in that case, it's more of a calming, soothing nervine. But with the infusion, because it's so strong and so concentrated and so much, you're going to get that nourishing nervine characteristic, which really, with the kind of stress we've been dealing with, that's really um, preferable. So how much do you have to drink of the infusion and what does it taste like? So it tastes sweet, which is kind of nice. I've been accused of putting honey in it when I haven't, when I share it with people. Because in a lot of my classes, I'll have people sitting in these infusions so they get familiar with them. Um, And oat straw is one I like to serve to people first because it is very um, appealing. It has a little sweetness to it. It's calming. Um, It it really is. It has a nice texture in your mouth. It's really nice. It's very pleasant. So, um, so yeah, I really like it. What was, you asked about the taste and what was the other part? The amount, how much? The amount. Yeah. So um, I usually suggest at least two cups a day. Um, I drink up to a quart a day. And so, and I, I drink that with other infusions. I actually rotate different infusions. Another Nervine that I ingest on a regular basis prepared similarly is an herb called Linden. And I'm using, we're utilizing the flowers from the Linden tree or basswood is the other name for the um, native. Oh, okay. Linden. And um, Tilia is the, is the genus name. And so that is very sweet. It's almost like, uh, it's very flowery. It's almost like a jasmine-esque type type of tea. So if you like jasmine tea, you probably would like linden. And linden isn't so much fortifying as it is. It's just really calming and uh, relaxing. And it's also pain-relieving. And it reduces inflammation. So it has a lot of characteristics. And I think one of the things we do know about COVID is that one of the factors in developing more severe disease state is inflammation. And so when I've been looking at the different nervines that I can bring in for different reasons, I'm looking at how could it, these things overlap? Because a lot of times, Herbs offer multiple different benefits. Like, for example, we talked about lemon balm earlier, and lemon balm has antiviral qualities. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here we might be t- ingesting it for its nervine qualities, but we might get some benefit for its antiviral qualities as well. So with linden, we would get uh, some extra added benefit because it has anti-inflammatory qualities as well. So do you make uh, do you make infusions with like a couple of these at a time. So would you put lemon balm in with? No. (laughs) Don't do that. And I'll tell you why, because lemon balm and chamomile, which we talked about, are to be made like a tea. And these other herbs we're making as an infusion. And the difference is a tea is steeped shorter amounts of time and less herb. 
And the reason is because you're trying to get the aromatic aspects of those plants and you don't want to get strongly behind the cell wall. If you steep it too long, it'll get really bitter. Okay. We had mentioned that chamomile would start to get bitter. Mm-hmm. And these other herbs were trying to get behind the cell wall and pull out the nutrition. There is no better quality. So that's the difference between an infusion and a tea. And people can read about that on my website. I have instructions um, at moonwiseherbs.com blog if people want to read more about that. Great. Well, thank you. We're going to go into a break right now, but we will be back in just a bit. To learn more about the work that Linda does, visit moonwiseherbs.com. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're visiting with Linda Conroy, owner of Moonwise Herbs in Stoughton, Wisconsin, and founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. So Linda, just before the break, you were sharing with us some different herbs that we can use uh, for stress. And we were talking about a category called nervines. And now I'd like to have you delve in a little bit into a category called adaptogens. So what are some of the adaptogen herbs that can be used for stress? Pretty, again, some herbs that we can grow, like a big one is uh, holy basil. Um, You had mentioned to me during the break that you love basil and holy basil is one of our adaptogens. Of course, it's not exactly like um, your garden variety. But it it is very sweet. I don't know if you've ever had holy basil or Tulsi is the other name for it. Tea, but it's so delicious and sweet and calming and it is an adaptogenic herb. So adaptogenic herbs are a category of herbs that help to um, help help our bodies deal with unreasonable stress. And they work on the physiological level, not just on the nervous system, not just on the emotions. A lot of times we think about stress and, you know, trying to deal with calming the emotions or that kind of thing. But this actually literally deals with the kind of stress a person would get from having their stress hormones just continue, you know, adrenal fatigue, where your stress is just really um, unprecedented and, and, you know, taking you over the top and you're exhausted. So that's what adaptogens really help our bodies to um, physiologically rebound and recover and, and be strengthened. So we can take them proactively or prophylactically, but we also can take them to try to recover and so the year that we've so many, you know, that we've all been through, we've all had this experience, of, you know, some more than others, but um, of being under this physiological, unreasonable amount of stress. And so like drinking t- Tulsi or holy basil tea or taking the tincture um, on a daily basis um, can just help us to um, rebound more easily from that in our whole system. And then um, another... Um, 
I know I was here, like you said, talking about mushrooms in the fall. And so one of the things that uh, a substance that is um, adaptogenic is a reishi mushroom. And a lot of mushrooms are adaptogenic, but I particularly like reishi right now because for our particular circumstances, because like I was saying earlier, a lot of times herbs overlap in their actions. So reishi is adaptogenic, but it's also um, really helpful and strengthened to the respiratory system or to the lung specific. So in Chinese medicine, they, it's considered um, to be a, a tonic, but it's also considered to be a respiratory um, remedy. So reishi mushroom, even though it isn't an herb technically, <laughs> we'll bring it into our practice. And then um, other and Let herbs. me just ask you before you move on, with the reishi uh, mushroom, what is the best way to use that? As yes, a thank you. Thank you for asking that. So the easiest way is in a tincture okay. <laughs> because it's, a, it's not the kind of mushroom that you would saute in a pan it's very hard. And so it needs to be either ground up or chopped up into pieces. And honestly, I harvested a reishi mushroom one time and we had, it was so hard. We had to break it apart with a hatchet. That's <laughs> hard that, that mushroom is. So if you get it powdered or in pieces, just appreciate whoever actually <laughs> broke that pieces that um, they they did that work for you. But um, yeah, so taking it in a tincture or some people do drink it as a tea. A lot of people are drinking it as a um, coffee-esque beverage, a coffee style beverage. Um, and I find it a little bitter personally, but some people like it that way. Or another way is to, if you make broths and stocks, like I make a lot of bone broths and um, mushroom stocks and vegetable broths, and I'll put reishi mushroom in my stocks of broth. So that's another way um, to um, get that herb into your body is um, through stocks and broths and, or a tea. or. A tea. And is it something then that will soften enough that you... Or do you just get rid of it? No, you remove it. Just a broth, okay. Yeah, because when I'm making a stock or a broth, everything I put in usually gets strained because it's not. So then I'll take that stock and then I'll make a soup with, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I might make a mushroom soup of other edible mushrooms, but not with reishi. (laughs) (laughs) But And all mushrooms appear to have some adaptogenic qualities. So... Um, you know, I, I, you might remember me saying last time, my big motto is a mushroom with every meal. You know, we yes. had this apple a day, a mushroom, a meal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm quoting that because I'm really encouraging people to eat a lot of mushrooms. And so, um, so yeah, so those are some of the adaptogens. There are others like um, American ginseng, for example, is a more energizing adaptogen. So when we're picking an adaptogen for someone, I usually look at the different adaptogens and look what how the stress is affecting them. Because some people are really wired and can't sleep, right? So I probably wouldn't give them, suggest that they take American ginseng because it'll give them a little, maybe too much energy. Whereas somebody who's more lethargic and, and you know, their energy levels really low, American ginseng might be a good choice. It's, a, it's, not, it's not stimulating like caffeine, but it's just a little more energizing. Okay. Whereas somebody who's really hyped up like Tulsi or holy basil might be a better choice for them because it would just bring them into a calmer state. So adaptogens are interesting that way because they really um, 
lend themselves to looking at the person and bringing herbs. And that's what I say. Sometimes an herbalist is a, a ambassador between people and the plants because I know the plants really well and I'm familiar with people to some degree. I actually have, um, I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I have my background, my academic background is in social work. So when I work with people, I do have some, you know, some skills in that arena in looking at like, what kind of stress are you experiencing? And then finding the herb that really is going to help support that person with the type of stress they're dealing with. Because we certainly all deal with stress. You know, some people can't sleep and have insomnia. So then we might want to help them with an herb that would help them um, go to sleep and something a little stronger. Like I often work with herbs on a spectrum, whereas chamomile and oats are all calming, you know, like easy. There's really no downside to taking those. Whereas down here, we do have some herbs that are pretty strong that would might have more of a downside to them, but they might be one of the, they might be herbs like valerian, for example, that herb has some downsides. You can feel groggy in the morning. You have a little bit of a hangover from it. But if you need a good night's sleep and valerian is your herb and valerian also isn't the right herb for everybody because 25% of the people who take it and studies have shown get, get hyped up from it. So, so you have to be careful about who, who takes what herb, but if valerian is an herb that you resonate with, it might help you get a really good night's sleep. And it might be worth being a little groggy in the morning. But then you have other people who sleep when they're stressed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I, I get very, very tired when I get really stressed. And I know I just need to take a nap. I need to yep. relax because I can't. Otherwise, I can't do anything anyway. I'm just exhausted. Right. And that's important. So oat straw would be a much better choice for you because it would give you a little bit more energy, a little more more fortification. And then as far as an adaptogen is concerned, I would say what like reishi reishi would be a good one because it's not too stimulating. And you wouldn't, holy basil might not be the best because it might make you more, a little more you know, not drowsy, but just a little more relaxed. So, so that's just off the top of my head. Of course, I usually like to get more information from people, but, (laughs) but you can get, you know, we have constitutions and then plants have qualities and we're bringing our constitutions and the plants qualities together. So with adaptogens, that's really helpful to identify the best adaptogen because there's a whole list of them. Um, You know, I've named a few, but there's certainly many more. So Linda, you have, you have such a vast amount of knowledge for people and your website is, is full of awesome information. Um, but you also have some classes coming up and I, w- I really want people to learn about your classes that you have. So why don't you give us a quick overview of a couple of the classes that you have coming up in the next month or so? Sure. Um, so um, next week, I'm doing a couple programs on planning your apothecary garden. So that'll be um, really fun and interesting. And those are listed on my website. So if people are interested in those, they're evening programs. And I'm going to talk about planning your apothecary garden. What might you want to grow? Where would you grow it? Where do you re- where do you source your seeds or your starts? And, you know, those kind of things. And, and planning and then and designing. It's fun to design like I always every year um, I have gone to different locations and built spiral gar- herb gardens for people and that's fun so oh, you know, 
they are so fun. So, and they're actually fairly simple. People think they're going to be complicated to build, and they're not really that too complicated. So, so those those are some programs. And then I know next weekend I'm doing a program as part of our Midwest Women's Herbal Wellness Series, and people can join just one workshop. They don't they don't have to do the whole series. And I'm doing a workshop called Stirring the Cauldron: Herbs for Vitality. So I'll be talking about how to incorporate herbs into um, your life on a regular basis, both through, through food and teas and infusions. Um, and that's um, on Saturday and it's an afternoon class. And so that'll be, it's a three hour class. So it's a deep dive, which will be really nice about how to prepare, how to create and how to think about incorporating this stuff into your life on a daily basis. So that's coming up. And then I have some apprenticeships starting. I have a virtual year long apprenticeship that'll start March 14th, which will be a deep dive for anybody who really wants a weekly mentoring uh, experience um, in the herbal realm. And there's lots of homework out with the plants, actually making stuff and doing that kind of thing. So those are some things. I also have a weekly in-person apprenticeship that'll start at the end of March. Um, as well. So I have lots of things coming up in my calendar. I'm constantly updating my calendar. Yeah, you have you have such a, a wide variety of classes. It's really interesting. So I highly, highly recommend people go to your website. Um, I was just saying to you, you know, as soon as we hit 30 degrees in Minnesota, everybody starts planning our, our gardens and our, <laughs> so now well, it's a perfect time to start looking at that. And it's fine to plan them, just don't plant them. Right. <laughs> Planning, <laughs> not planting. Yes, because, you know, so many people get so excited and plant too soon. You know, they say in this region, don't plant till after Mother's Day. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you. So for people who want to learn more about what Linda does, visit moonwiseherbs.com. And when we come back, we are going to start talking about the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, which is coming up in May. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're visiting with Linda Conroy, owner of Moonwise Herbs in Stoughton, Wisconsin, and founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. Well, Linda, we finally get to hear about the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, which is something that... I think people are going to be really excited about you have a great group of speakers and in particular, your keynote speaker is Vandana Shiva. Yeah, she's an activist from East India who has written a lot of books and she's written about food sovereignty and about um, farming and the food system and her concerns about how like systems are being developed and how we relate to um, 
you know, our food and our, and the earth and the planet. She is an eco-feminist. So she talks about how, um, you know, the um, degradation of the earth is also um, something that's happening to women around the world. And so she really brings a nice breath of um, knowledge and wisdom and advocacy to um, to the table. So we're super excited to have her join us. And we're going to be in co- our keynote with her is going to be a conversation. I'm going to have the opportunity to interview her and talk to her about her work and how she sees her work overlapping with health and well- wellness because, you know, we're an herbal conference. So um, we're really interested in having that conversation with her and seeing, you know, how she views um our health in relationship to the earth and how we can, what kind of steps and things we can do to, um, to support ourselves. That is really great. And I do want to be sure to mention to people that this is a virtual event. This is an online event and it's your second year doing this last year. You were kind of thrown into it. Right, right. (laughs) We had this surprise (laughs) called COVID hit, Um, but you have really, you did, Uh, last year's event virtually, then you did the mushroom conference virtually, you've been doing most of your classes virtually. So you've really kind of figured out what works well in this in this realm. We really have. And it's fascinating to me that we can create community in this realm. Um, Our mushroom event that we did in the fall called Mycelium Mysteries, which this year will be in its fifth year, and our conference is in its 10th year, because that grew out of the conference actually but um we in the fall i was really surprised at the feedback we got about people who were going out and identifying and harvesting mushrooms right away and cooking with them differently right away and um we had a workshop on um death and dying at that conference and this woman said it helped her so much her grandmother died the next week and it helped her be with her grandmother differently and she was getting all this feedback that this not only are we just you know giving information but we're creating community and people are engaging with information so um that's how our in person conference has always been so i wasn't sure how that would translate but we've really been able to have it translate and i'm just so heartened by that well why don't you tell us cuz i know you have a lot of other really great speakers who are coming up and you have some pre conference workshops as well yes we do um so our other keynote speakers are a young woman named Lila June she's a young indigenous woman who did her um, graduate work looking at indigenous farming practices. And so she's going to do a presentation on her work and um, how food and farming practices um, and these unseen food and farming practices that have a lot of application for today. She's calling her talk the greatest story never told. So we're not hearing these stories. So part of our um, hope is we really want to platform these voices that have something to offer for to help us look at the world from a different perspective and invite us to entertain possibility. That's been my word for the year, possibility. What are the possibilities? And I think, you know, Vandana and Lila really bring these um, sense of possibility um, to the table with a lot of strength and a lot of wisdom from, you know, both their experience and their cultures. And, you know, it's really great because Vandana is an international speaker. We wouldn't be able to have her with us if we weren't virtual. So that's a gift. 
And then our other um, keynote speaker, we have three of them, is Rosemary Gladstar, who is a pi herbal pioneer here in this country. She's one of our elders. She's in her 70s, and she's going to be talking about plants and our relationship to plants and about her work of doing a lot of advocacy work for um, protecting the health of medicinal and the viability of medicinal plants here in the States. So we're super excited about having the three of them um, speak as keynotes. And then, of course, we have a whole bunch of other workshops in the conference on a lot of different topics. And now the conference is going to be May 7th, 8th, and 9th. So it's Correct. over It's over kind of a long weekend. Yes. And a lot of your workshops that you have, there'll be two going on at a time. So you can choose right. between the two of them. Right. And it's free choice. In the moment, you can pick whichever one you want to go to. Yep. You do have an early bird uh, special. <laughs> I guess you call it an early bird. Early bird pricing, um, yes. which is by April 1st. In order to uh, take part in the event, it's $99 for the virtual event only. Right. Or I recommend <laughs> the $140 and you get all the recordings. So now you don't have to worry about, did I choose the right one? Should I have gone to the other one? Because you'll get all the recordings from all of the workshops that are taking place. Exactly. Yes. So then you can just listen to it later at your leisure. So, um, and yeah, and then you won't be stressed about which choice you did or didn't make because I can't think of a workshop on the list that I, I wouldn't want to attend. <laughs> so. there I mean, you have such great, even the pre-conference workshops that you have. So the pre-conference workshops have uh, an additional cost to them. They but do. these are, these are like, two-hour workshops, uh, four-hour workshops. Some of them are even longer than that. Yeah, they're um, deep dives. Yeah, so yeah. you have one by Robin Rose Bennett called Herbs, Rituals, and Sacred Ceremony. Yes, so she she wrote a book called The Gift of the Healing Plants, which is a beautiful herbal book. And she's been a speaker of ours in the past. And she just does a beautiful job of talking about and inspiring people how to weave herbs into your daily life as part of ceremony and ritual, and then also how to create ritual and ceremony with herbs um, for, um, you know, everyday practice or special um, events and occasions. Um, and so that's, that workshop is going to be a really nice deep dive into that topic. Yeah, that's like an eight hour workshop. So yes. if people can go to your website and they can take a look at all of the different workshops that are taking place right. um, and see who some of the speakers are, kind of get an idea. But I really want people to go, first of all, to your website for your business, which is moonwiseherbs.com and uh, see the classes that you're offering. You have a store there. You have so much information for people. But then for people who also want to register for the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, visit MidwestWomensHerbal.com. Thank you, Linda, so much for being with us again today. Our time goes by way too quickly when you're here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for joining the conversation as we awaken to natural health. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and I am wishing for you a lovely day. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day.